0: One check to Love Talk Radio Alright fans, here we go With the main event of the evening Ladies and gentlemen and attendants I'm joining us around the world It's time for the value of all we been waiting for Finally It's showtime Here man, we dedicate our lives To this sport We give, we, we to sit up camp. We run hundreds of miles, you know, for the ones that take it serious, and we just dedicate ourselves fully to our craft, man, we watch tape, we, 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 you know, we attitude, we booty, and we own that bike, to land
1: on the, to land on the line.
0: podcast i am your host chris carlson we are live on a thursday night yes thursday night you know how it goes man life gets in the way but hey we're here we're here to talk some boxing we're gonna start in the ring where we always like to start we're gonna start by recapping that showtime card that triple header um i mean we had a major upset mike sayo gets the job done Beats Gary Russell Jr. I know, you know, technically he was the longest standing uh, world champ as far as years, but, you know, when you fight once a year, it's not that tough, right? But either way, I mean, dude hadn't lost since Lomachenko. I think that was even more key. Um, no, obviously he was injured. He was injured. It was still a very competitive fight. There was no 10-2-9-3 either way, Gary. Just, you know. Now, I saw some people on Twitter saying kind of both ways, either, you know, echoing what Gary Russell had to say or the opposite. Oh, it was, it wasn't even a fight, you know, um, you know, it's not a fight that was, you know, stimulating (laughs) pause, um, to the eye, but I did respect it in many ways. Well, I'm not going to dog a competitive fight. You know, I've said that for years, but um, the fact that Russell was able to do what he was able to do, uh, which wasn't a whole lot, but you know, he had one, one arm for like a good chunk of that fight. Um, we talked last week, I said it, I think I was like a broken record going over, you know, it's been almost two years, you know, he did say he he was injured, you know, his mind is probably someplace else, you know, with all the stuff going on. In his family, once again, thoughts go out to the Russell family, man. That's crazy. I feel, I feel for him. Uh, we'll see though where Gary goes. We'll talk about that. Uh, the co-feature we assumed was going to be fun, and Matias and Anjanan. Oh my, An Anjan Ananen That shit was a good ass fight. Ruthless, uh, you know, rough and tumble. But man. Well, it wasn't like rough and tumble, like dirty. But, dude, that was a good-ass fight. We had a little controversy in the uh, opening bout as well. We will also preview what we got going on this weekend. Kon uh gets back in the ring. Uh, he returns to the ring after a very controversial outing in his last fight. What was that, back in September um, of 2021? Way back in 2021, though, obviously, Oscar Valdez had the PD alleged, well, it's not alleged PD, but there was a, you know, little uh, dog and pony show. Uh, (laughs) That was a mess. But either way, the show went on, and it's one thing for the show to go on, right? But it's another thing to see how the fight went, and that was a competitive fight, very competitive fight. Um, if you had, you know, Concey Tsao so winning, I, I can't sit there and, you know, argue with you because I could see that. But anyway, he's facing Xavier Martinez, who was formerly with uh, Mayweather Promotions, now signed to deal with top rank. So this is a nice step up for him. This will be a, a step up prime opponent for him. He's faced, uh, you know, Claudia Marrero and, and whatnot, but obviously he's, you know, a little, a little past it. Um, but this is going to be a good fight on, on paper. It's a good fight um, that Jerome and Melendez, that, uh, that co-feature, that's going to pop off too. I'm looking forward to that fight. I think that's very interesting. And the whole card actually has, I believe, like a, well, I know it has a college basketball lead-in, but I'm pretty sure it's like four or five basketball games. I know it's at least four. I think it's five. So it's and you know there's some big names involved: Kentucky, Kansas, Duke. Um, so that's a good look. That'll that'll be a nice rating, relatively speaking. It's not college uh, football, but still, that's that's going to be cool. Um, and then you know we'll look at the rest of the the schedule. We do have a pay per view. That's funny. People aren't really talking about this pay per view. That's fifty bucks um from warren ohio don king involved i will not be uh detailing this fight card to be honest with you but um it is what it is you know what i mean it is what it is we will get into some fight news estrada unfortunately got covid but they did get a legitimate shout out to the zone and matchroom for getting a legitimate like legit replacement for Chocolatito. Roman Gonzalez, that that's dope. There's still some shakiness of what's going to go on, you know, about the, the the purse bid due tomorrow for the Dillian White and Tyson Fury fight. Um, it seems like the zone has the market cornered. They're going to go big. I assume they'll win it. Um, would it get pushed back again? I don't know. <laughs> um, then there's the whole AJ. Was offered a step aside? No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. He actually was. We don't know exactly how much money. Um, Because for a while, it was like, nah, dude, we already exercised, you know, coming from the the Eddie Hearn, AJ side, especially the Eddie Hearn side, of course. AJ does interviews here and there. But they were big on, nah, dude, we already exercised the rematch. We're going to get it done. Then there was some lingering. You know, AJ said you know, that he's thinking about changing trainers or or he's going to or some form of change, Um, whether it's co-trainers or whatever. We still don't know what's up with that. Um, And you started to hear, you know, he even said, you know, I'm about my legacy. I want to be known for legacy. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be known for this. I want to be known for that. And that's cool. That's legit. He has fought a lot of solid fighters, no doubt. But then he also said, well, at the same time, you got to think of business. And Eddie Hearn has been pretty one sided in this stuff until recently he did say you gotta look at the business, and it's true you gotta look at hey, if this is enough money for a step aside, why not? because things that we've been saying for quite some time uh when I say we uh, Americans, I don't know no, though plenty, plenty of UK, I'm just kidding u k fans plenty of u k fans have said this too like it's there's no shame, especially. I mean, stylistically, if you're going to try to fight a bully style, which is not his style, AJ, against, you know, obviously, Usyk, which he needed to bring some form of bullying, aggression, whatever, size, you know, you're using your size. But if you're going to, you know, employ that, right, but then also switch trainers potentially, it doesn't hurt to have a camp in there. And then fight the winner. And if he can get something that's, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered, that it guarantees him, unless someone were to retire or something like that. So it's been all over the place. And Eddie Hearn today, or was it yesterday? It was today. He he actually came out, and he was kind of pissed, it seemed like. He was like, actually. And he was kind of responding to what Fury said. The other day, Fury was like, oh, you just dropped, you know, 90 million dollars or whatever and and I don't really know if he means to step aside and then what he get After the fight, you know for the the undisputed potentially AJ I don't know I don't know exactly what's up with those figures or, or whatever, but he did send this message out And if you look at what you know team fury saying If you look at what Eddie Hearn just said that actually you know he didn't want to fight Tyson Fury, didn't want to fight Usyk next. He wanted to uh you know to to make a little extra dough, get a fight in, which is kind of weird. Like I need to get a fight in. I mean, why? You just fought in what? October? Um now he did take punishment in that. Don't get me wrong, wilder took more, but he took plenty of punishment in that. So maybe he's thinking he just wants to get out. Of, I don't know. It's 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 all over the place. But Eddie Basically let his guard down. It was pissed that, you know, Tyson was kind of blaming it on them or whatever. And he basically said that, you know, it's actually not us. We were ready. We actually were ready to uh, give up the rematch if we could get something iron-sealed, iron-cladded, cladded, you know, in agreement. A guarantee that we'd get the fight next. And then they could maybe fight gillian white is what I was thinking a rematch or just in general somebody um, but now it seems That the fury side didn't want that I don't know if they didn't want to give out all that money. I don't know. I don't I really don't know and I don't even know If there was that much money to be able to give away In this scenario, I, I really don't know to be honest with you but um whether they're bluffing or not Or whatever I, It could be just Fury head games um, Calling everybody Dossers and everything like that You know I actually found out What Dosser meant uh, Joe beat Clarified that for me I didn't realize Dosser Was actually Homeless person So I I get the bum Dosser thing Although I haven't heard Anybody Call a homeless person A bum Since I was a kid So when I think of bums and fighters saying it or anybody fans fighters I think of it's just I don't like the term I don't think of a homeless person in actual like he's actually fighting a homeless person you know what I mean but that's funny I didn't realize that anyway um so I, it sounds like the fights are going to go on that I'm assuming Eddie Hearn is going to win the purse bid. Uh, Maybe not though, you know, maybe not maybe I mean, it's gonna take a lot, right? I mean, is top rank gonna, you know, put up all that money Clearly the guarantee they have for Tyson Fury is something significant. And so are they gonna think well, we want this fight? Are we gonna overpay for it? Well, you're gonna have to overpay for it anyway in a sense or at least on paper it seems but if you want to cover his uh mandatory so i don't know I, it, it's a tough one i'm assuming though we'll get news well we'll either get news that you know eddie hearns his own won it top rank that bob Arum won it the first bit of course i'm speaking of or that they 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 need an extension for the 18th time no i think it's like the fourth or fifth but anyway you know it is what it is it is what it is um so we'll other, you know we'll talk some other current fight news. There is a variety of stuff. Showtime actually announced their card and I'm at, I really like that card, dude. love the main event. love the co feature and the opener's a banger based off the first fight. So um, yeah dude, this is uh, this is gonna this, this is that's a good ass card. So we'll of course,'ll we'll, like I said we'll love current fight news. We'll talk a little of course boxing Twitter segment where we read the tweets of the week. We, uh, you know, entertain ourselves with fanboy tweets. And, of course, sometimes we do call out, you know, of course, the, uh, the media members, the part-time media members behaving as fanboys. But they'll turn right around and call you a fanboy. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about in um, not a full show that did start a a little bit later than I thought but if this is your first time listening to the rope dope radio podcast welcome it streams live right here on blog talk radio.com forward slash rope dope radio you don't have to go to blog talk and rope dope if you don't want to uh, you know and download the show directly there listen to browse you don't have to do that you can find the rope dope radio podcast on a variety of platforms Apple podcast iHeartRadio, radio player at then tune in stitcher Amazon music we're also part of the grueling true sports podcast network while you're at it why don't you head on over to the grueling truthcom and one more thing if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have you're not quite happy i got something for you it's called direct tv stream the prices start as low as sixty nine ninety nine a month it's the best of live tv and on demand there's no annual contracts no hidden fees if you upgrade to the choice or ultimate package that'll give you three free months of hbo max Plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, which is becoming harder and harder to find. And boxing fans, you may want to take this of note. Uh if you go up to the premiere package, that'll give you HBO Max plus Showtime, right already included. That's Direct TV streaming. Showtime is eleven dollars on this platform. Just so you know. Okay, so um we got uh we got a lot we got a lot to talk about. Um, I'm really uh, really looking forward to these two fights, this doubleheader. Although we know, you know, Ali's, what is it, grandson? Did I call him nephew before? I, I, I don't know. But anyway, grandson, nephew, distant cousin, I don't know. But either way, you know he's going to be on the card. They'll have him first up like they always do. Uh, with the the lead-in, I'm assuming. But anyway, um, I'm looking forward to that. I, I like both of these fights. Uh, the, what is it, G- Jerome, I think it is. Uh, Rene tellez Jerome and, and Luis Melendez. I think that has a chance to pop off. Uh, but let's get into this rematch. Or not this goddamn, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Let's get into this Showtime card, okay? Which we got ourselves... You know a nice upset mag sayo got the job done dude. That was a big win for him. Yes we know We do know That gary was hurt. We knew it coming in And like I mentioned at the top, that's kind of why I was saying hmm You may want to take a flyer out on this guy And for those who you know Listen to it my advice to at least put something out there. You were probably pretty happy because I know I was It definitely came through. It just felt weird for someone to say, hey, I got an injury. And it's one thing to say, yeah, you know, there's some rumors. Everyone's banged up in camp. There's a rumor or something. But everybody goes, you know, not 100% and blah, 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 blah. I've had a good camp, though, and, you know, all that stuff. But he specifically not only said I have an injury, but, hey, we're going to discuss it after the fight. I'll go in a little bit more depth. And that one, that one was – a red flag clearly. It was like, what? And he said it was about 2 weeks ago. Um something like that. And he just said, I mean, I'm going to deal with it. I think I could still get by with my skill. Um and I, what was it the third or fourth round you could see him that shoulder it, it was bad. It, like he tore it or he You know how you can come into a fight and it feels okay, like decent, like maybe you took painkillers or I don't think they iced it before it went in, but you know what I mean? And you can numb it some form or fashion, and um, or it just will feel loose at the time. It'll feel okay, and then all of a sudden it gets hit, or you do something to it. and Maybe it was a combination of that. Um, when Russell was quote-unquote healthy, um, he was pumping his jab pretty well, like he, he tends to do. Um, you could see Magsayo was countering pretty nice. I thought he, he had some nice body shots as well. I gave him the first two rounds. In fact, I gave him the first three out of four rounds. I gave Russell the third. I thought he landed a little bit better. It did seem like in the fourth, uh, he, he may have stunned Gary a little bit. And maybe that was where he, you know, it was a little bit before he froze because at the start it kind of was like oh are you hurt wait are you hurt or are you hurt if that makes sense are you injured or are you actually hurt like from a punch um and and russell still managed you know to like i said in, in the early goings to to land the the jab and and then it became more of a straight left hand contest for him but you could see was it in between the the fourth to fifth round i think it was yeah i think it was after the fourth round uh, I mean, you could you could clearly see him in that round. You could see he, something was up, you know what I mean? Uh, but he, or in the round, but between the rounds, the ref came over and they started messing with the shoulder a little bit and, and like having him push his arm and his fist. And he was saying, I'm good. I'm fine. We're good. Um, and after that, so that would be about round five. He was basically a one-armed fighter after that. You could clearly see it. Um. I did give Magseo, um the fifth. So, you know, I either had it three to two or four to one. You know, maybe maybe somewhere in there. Did I give Russell the first round? I can't remember now. Let me look at my scorecard. No, I gave my yeah, I did give Magsail that. I think I gave him the third. Yeah, I gave him the third and then the fourth. So, yeah, I, I actually had him up pretty good. Um, but like I said, at least three to two. I would say after five, uh, he was just busier. He was landing better, but the sixth round came around and the seventh round came around and the eighth came around. And I did like some of the stuff that Russell was doing that stick and move. And he literally had one arm. So he was just, you know, straight left, straight left here and there, you know, he, he was doing what he had to do. So I kind of gave him some of those stick and moves one handed straight left hands. You know, the sixth was tight, but definitely the seventh and eighth. I actually I thought Gary won those rounds. But then down the stretch, the tenth uh let's see, the ninth was close to the tenth and eleventh I thought were uh Maxio, um rounds. Um I don't know, like after yeah, I think it was after the third or fourth round that you could just tell. And actually they had that copy box where I, it's funny because Magsayo threw a bunch of jabs, but in the end, whether it was only three or four rounds, he had a jab, Gary Russell, he still outlanded him 11 to 10. That was kind of funny. Um, jabs thrown though, two Oh three to 64 Max had a big advantage, but not really. Um, But he was just landing the cleaner shots. And there was times where Gary was pulling out, pause, and getting hit clean. And a lot of times it was a jab, actually. Well, I shouldn't say a lot because he only landed 10. But, you know, those clean shots, he definitely landed some nice shots there. Um, I had it right around 7 to 5, like the scorecards. Could I go 8-4? Maybe. Could I go drop? Maybe. But I, I was pretty comfortable in my seven to five two scorecards added seven to five one added. at 114, 114 and for those who like i said earlier the 10 to 2 9 to 3 10 to 2 either way i just don't see it you know I, I just don't know where i don't know where that's at you know i i don't i don't see that one at all but um i don't know i i you know, I thought it was competitive as shit. And, and now that I've seen it in the ring, if Gary Russell Jr.'s, you know, has a, a, an arm, another arm, <laughs> you know, well not like he'd need three arms. But, you know, if he was healthy or somewhat healthy, just not that for the last, what, two-thirds of the fight, I think he wins this fight. And I kind of felt like the first six rounds I was saying it's got a chance to be 3-3 three, three, or 4-2 Gary or something like that. A, a close you know, after the first three or six rounds, I, I thought it'd be, you know, good. And I thought it would take Gary Russell Jr. a couple of rounds to get that rust off. And uh, I mean, it did, right? But I do have to say that I liked some of the stuff he was doing. Like I said, those those some of those middle rounds, the sixth, seventh, eighth, I was pretty impressed with what Gary was doing. It wasn't a thing of beauty to fight. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't visually stimulated. But um, I, I did think it was competitive. And now, when you look at the copy box, one fifty to sixty nine in five forty three. That's lands, um, and he landed twenty eight percent five forty three to three twenty three. Now. That's that's punches thrown 28 to 20%. I think it was Now Russell couldn't counter as much as he wanted to obviously couldn't use the jab. Um, he looked a tad. I'm not going to say slow, but like he didn't look, his legs didn't look great, great, uh, until he started warming up more. And and then, like I said, I, I did think, you know, he would make a miss a fair amount. Um, it's just it was hard to make him pay for it, you know. It was very hard to make him pay for it, I thought. It was uh, a little tough, a little tough. Um, but overall, I did, um, you know, I did like I did like what I, I saw, like I said, out of Gary. And, and Maxio, um, you know, he's got some pop. Uh, he's not – they kept saying, hey, dude, just just let your hands go got to win these rounds. He's one-armed and at times he did, but not nearly enough, you know. And he just wasn't accurate with that jab, too. Like I said, to land 10 out of of 203 and I think it was 11 out of 64, that's crazy, you know. So clearly if they if they fought again and Gary was, you know, somewhat healthy, I think he'd win for sure. But that's boxing, you know no matter if Gary says 10 to two or 93, I didn't see it like that, but he did. You know, it's on him though, too, you know, because he he did say, well, I wanted to prove he thought he proved that he, you know, he was the more skilled guy and he is the more skilled guy, but he thought he won the fight, that he got robbed. It was politics. I didn't see that. I mean, I don't know how you still got to land clean and that goes for both guys, but this whole out, he gave him a boxing lesson, I just don't see it. Now, would he? Yeah, he would if he was healthy, but he didn't give him a boxing lesson. You don't get, and who cares about copy box, right? But when it's 150 to 69, that's not out boxing anybody. And you can't, although Gary Russell Jr. with that left hand, you know, was able to do, or the, yeah, the the, yeah, the straight left, was able to do a lot still, you know, relatively of clean shots though that we normally Don't see and some of that is you know Oh boy knew that he's not going to be able to fire Back but yet with that one arm so I would have liked to see Magsayo Get a lot more um, Like a, You know a healthy percentage more Aggressive not just balls to the walls Because he can still counter you you know Up close and whatnot but he, he Should have just taken advantage of just thrown More punches in general You know, when he especially when he had him near the ropes, which wasn't a whole lot. But like I said, Gary did, you know, his upper body movement, he changed levels. He still fought pretty damn good. I gotta give him credit, but I didn't think he won the fight and this whole and I get it, you know, it's 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 easy to sit here and rip fighters when they lose or even rip fighters when they win when they're way overconfident or something like that. But it's embarrassing at times. It's it's easy to sit there and say, oh, this is what I do. This is what you do. But it, it's embarrassing, you know, and there is, I don't know. I look back at, like, even being, and this is a very small, you know, small uh, example, but just to put it in perspective of how much more it would be, like, there's times when I was younger, when I was, going against a veteran like freshman sophomore you're going against a wrestler who just was better than me at the time and you know instead of pinning me he would try to tech me you know and and it just you just get your ass kicked basically and i'd rather be at that point in a fight and just get it over with rather than a slow beating like this was just like a technical beating you know what i mean and the way you feel after that, you just feel like crap. And that's literally just a gym full of people, let alone, you know, millions of people all over the world that ended up seeing this, you know, highlights or something. So fighters say a lot after a fight. But for him to turn this into political, I I, I just, it's not there. But, you know, Magsayo's not walking in Manny and to be on the flip side, of over the top. I get it. Um, you know, his his representatives have to do what they have to do. But to sit there and be like, you know, it's a passing of the torch from Manny Pacquiao, and he's going to walk in his foot. Hey, come on, dude. He didn't have a good performance either. I thought he won the fight, but it wasn't a good performance considering everybody and their moms could see that, you know, Gary was hurt. So you needed to pour it on a little bit more. Yeah, okay, that's, that's my point. Um, but, yeah, this whole political thing, you know, Gary is not technically with Al Heyman anymore. Um, now, obviously, dude does business with him, and his brothers do, too. His brother's got a big-ass fight coming up, actually, Antoine. I can't wait for that shit. But, and that's a huge step up for him. But, um, you know, he's not with – he even said it himself. He's actually not signed to Al Heyman. So – he may have to go to the zone or ESPN or something to get back quicker than he wanted to. And that's the thing like Gary for a while was okay. Was 100% satisfied, good money and fighting once a year. He himself admitted that for years in interviews. He also, it's, it's known that he did pass on fights, not because he was ducking them or he's afraid, but the fact that he didn't feel like the money was right. And that's his prerogative, right? But my problem with it is, and people that are like super fans of his, it's like all this time he could only fight once, and it was, you know, the politics of boxing kept him on the bench, and Al Heyman kept him on the bench. When he would outright say it, he admitted he turned down some fights and the money has to be right. And of course, generally speaking, any top-level fighter, the money has to be right. I'm not ripping Gary here, but it gets turned into, oh, everybody was ducking him. Now, I'm not saying they were in a hurry to make the Leo Santa Cruz fight. That's not what I'm saying. Now, was he offered it, and they he considered it a lowball? That's a possibility. Uh, with Mares and Frampton and then Gervonta, there were just bigger names, bigger fights for Santa Cruz, and he went and fought them. But he was more active, so... My thing lately, it's hard now. I'll say this. Gary wants to be more active. Well, it's going to be hard for Al to have you active because you're not even signed with him, technically. Now, of course, you have good relationships with them, Like I just mentioned, his brothers are getting legit shots here. But in, in slots, you know, this co-feature's great, but this woe is me now, oh, they didn't want it. No, nah, dude, you, you wanted to fight once a year, and you were okay with it. Dude, that, that has to be part of it. He basically would come back when his mandatory was due. So I didn't overly rip him then, but I'm not going to now all of a sudden be like it was politics this whole time, because he's the one that was okay sitting out and just fighting once a year. Now it does seem, like I said, he wants to fight more, and that's cool. I don't know how long this surgery's going to be or the rehab or anything like that. But uh he may have to go to the Zone or ESPN uh to, to, to if he wants to stay active, he may have to do that. Do you like Jamal Herring, you know? And you're going to it took Herring they didn't sign him right away. We had him on a chunk of years ago. He admitted, you know, that I was in there to be fair like as an opponent and then he pulled the upset against it, Ito or what yeah, uh, Ito I think it was. So he, I don't think Gary would even have to do that. Now, I think Gary would have to sign, like, a three-fight deal. But, hey, if you want to stay active, go that route, man. Go that route. Um, try to get the Navarette fight and sign with top rank then, you know. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see. Because, like I said, if you're not signed with someone, it's hard to keep them active out of nowhere, too. You know, you have this stuff all scheduled out. You have your budgeted all scheduled out. Then, all of a sudden, now – Someone says, hey, I want to fight more. Well, where you been, dude? You know, you haven't been fighting a lot, even in your prime. So, and that was on you. Not the politics, not Al Heyman. That was on Gary. And he used to would straight up say it. Now he doesn't as much. Um, but anyway, he's a talented fighter. Like I said, I, I thought it was, he fought pretty damn good considering. But I didn't think he, like if, he, if you thought he won the fight, Cool. But it wasn't no 10-2, to 9-3 shit. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, that co-feature, Subrel, was it Subriel? Subriel, Matias, and Ananyan, that was a brawl. Like, don't get me wrong. You couldn't give Ananyan, like, a bunch of rounds, right? It's not like it was uh, tied going into the part but it was a good ass fight dude two way fight from the jump uh, Matias had like so he came out with a st- stiff jab and, and he basically just he he was landing better throughout the fight those short little inside punches um the body shots, Uh I mean it took the third round was a great round by the way um Ananyan was landing left hooks and right hands. You know, I I thought that Matias could have stole the round down the stretch. So maybe you give Ananyan that round. I gave him the fourth round. These dudes are banging it out. Both those rounds are very close. Maybe you could split them. But I actually gave him for sure the fourth. And then the fifth, too. Um, You know, I liked what he was doing. Very close. But I liked, you know, it seemed like he was starting to pressure a little bit more he was still going to the body, and he was a little bit busier at that point, but then in the sixth round, um, although, you know, the first part of the sixth round, Ananyan had a great great part, first part, right? But down the stretch, I did think uh, Matias did enough to steal that round, um, and like I said, it, it wasn't like uh, five to four going into the tenth, but there was some rounds and very close rounds and obviously you know you, you the eighth round or the seventh round excuse me um matthias did get a deducted for deducted point for a low blow um but <laughs> i mean after that holy shit what a round like that was just fun you had the straight I think it was straight right hands and hooks more hooks from uh ananyan and then the combos uh, with the hooks, and then he brought in the uppercut more and more. Matias, um, you know, he, he could have fought that nine nine. I know that technically you you have that ten point must system, so maybe it's just ten nine, maybe it's a ten eight that you thought. I don't know, but after that, Matias took it over, gave him the eighth, ninth, and obviously the tenth. Uh, he started going to the body more and more. He just got these choppy shots, some of them just winging shots that just, they land so freaking hard, and it was, what was it, a left hook that landed uh, thudding shots in the, I think it was the, yeah, it was the last round, he landed that left hook, um, and it just froze him, it kind of froze and twisted him, right in, right in his tracks, and twisted his body, onion. Um, and uh, basically, he couldn't, what well did they, was that the, wait a second, was that the, the ninth or the tenth? Um, he couldn't follow the finger of the doctor. It was kind of weird. She was doing it, doing it, doing it, and then the doctor said, no, nah, he, can't, he can't go. And the rest were like, well, you guys got to tell me why, you know, which I thought was good on her part in that moment because she was like, well, explain to me why because I got I to gotta tell the people, you know. And she's like, hold on. She checks again and he just wasn't able to follow her finger uh at the level she needed it to be so the ref called it it was a banger though i mean that was there there was a lot of brutality in that um wasn't a bunch of knockdowns or anything like that but matias he got his revenge but it is just he's going to get beat but he's just difficult to fight cuz you're going to take some punishment especially when he's on top of his game anyway you're going to take what ended up in the TKO. Uh, Matias outlanded 252 to 164. They both threw a ton of punches. Matias 688 landed 30% of his north's overall ball shots. 37%. That's a ton for overall shots. You know, when we hear 40 and 50% for power punches, you're like, oh, dude, okay. But Ananyan actually threw him. I think it was 680 or 751 but he only landed 22%. Uh, Matias had the jabs going too, which I thought was a difference maker. He had the lead 85 to 30 at the end and then 59 to 12 for body shots too. So um, really good performance. I mean, Matias is just fun to watch, dude. He's just all action. I heard a couple of people, heard a podcast, like so the puncher said it, Heard a couple of people, or saw a couple of people on Twitter talk about this. Is, it reminds me of, of him, of Provoknikov. Not necessarily the exact style, but just the brutality where, he's, you know, he's already taking a loss, he's going to take some more, but he's got a chance to upset folks, or almost upset folks, top-level guys like Bradley did Provoknikov. Yeah, we saw him get outboxed on, you know, Friday Night Fights Provoknikov, but then he in Algeria, barely beat him. That was a good fight. But the guy was just a all-action, fun fighter to watch. If a guy was really skilled on the outside, he would make him look sloppy. And sometimes, um, you know, it would get a little stale, I guess you could say. But Matias, dude, he just, he just brings it. And it was good to see him bounce back and beat the guy that beat him damn near two years ago. It was a month short, basically, because that was come to think about it on the February two thousand twenty, which is crazy that, that shit's coming around now. Two years since Wilder Fury two. But anyway, good, good performance by Matias. Like I said, we will talk a little bit more about this card I'm gonna card. I'm gonna bring in John here in just a second. Jonesau fight against Xavier Martinez. Definitely looking forward to this one and like I mentioned, the co feature and when we have plenty of current fight news and course the boxing twitter segment we'll talk about this uh aj step aside purse bid thing tomorrow uh we're not going to talk about tomorrow but it's going to be tomorrow unless they push it back like i mentioned for the you know 14th time or whatever um but i am going to go ahead and bring in a great boxing man John, and see what he thought of this um like i said showtime did um announce another fight or a whole fight card and and i'm really anticipating it all right let's go ahead and bring in john to the fray what's going on john how you doing tonight
1: hey chris uh great to be here as always
0: heck yeah man it's really fun to thing in it it feels weird to do it on a thursday but uh you know like i mentioned plenty of times before sometimes life gets in the way um we will talk about, uh, the, um, the card on ESPN this weekend, but let's get to that Showtime triple header. Actually didn't even mention the, uh, the controversy on the, on the, the opener, you know, King Tug, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a close fight, but there was a, a missed call there. Uh, if a knockdown would have been called, uh, you know king tug would have lost the fight um I, I forgot to mention that actually um but let's talk about well let's talk about that actually what we'll, we'll start and go all the way up the card we'll start with the opener then we'll get to uh matias who was you know all action like his normal self and then we'll get to the uh maxayo upset over gary russell jr what you think of that opening bout and then you know a lot of people you know uh, expressing their frustrations with uh, not getting the call
1: properly. Um, a lot of times, you know, watching, watching fights, I'm not agreeing, you know, with the commentators. Of course, you know, we, we can have different opinions, those who, who follow things closely. Um, but I, I did basically agree the way uh, the Showtime crew was kind of summing up Kid and Tug as this fight went along. You know he, he's looked he's looked good in his career. Earlier on, he even had a couple of spectacular performances. But since he has been a guy that just, and he's got the amateur pedigree. You know he's an Olympic medalist, uh, so he, he's got that. Um, and I, like I said, early in his career he looked good. But in recent fights, we've been seeing the same pattern where he, he just he just doesn't pick it up like like you would expect him to. I mean, it really even started in that Marrero fight, you know, which which he did get by. But you know, you, you would have thought I would, I thought you know he would have handled Marrero a little easier and tailed off later in the fight. But we we've been seeing this pattern, you know, he couldn't get over the top again. I mean, I mean, you know, he's fought, he's fought a tough schedule, but you know, couldn't get over the top against Russell. You know, couldn't do much with Colbert. Um, you know, he had that. Uh, a fight too, where he let Breda back into it in the second half of the fight it was a tougher fight than it should have been, and that that leading up to what we saw Saturday night is as I agreed, as the Showtime crew is pointing out, really that's what we saw from him again. You know, he he started out kind of quick, landed a, a, a good left hook early, then then tailed off. Um, you know, for the the Luca Lucas he. You know, he was in short notice. You got to be fair to him, but he's what a thirty-seven-year-old featherweight, uh, hadn't really fought any difficult opposition. I didn't think he really showed anything special. I I just think it's on Tug, kind of like you're saying. He's just he's just not living up to the expectations. Um, You know, draw. I, I thought actually, though, no, I, I thought he could have won the fight. I mean, I was disappointed with the performance, and you know, people like to see upsets. And again, Lucas on a week's notice or so, you, you feel for him. But yeah, the knockdown. I mean, technically, was it a knockdown? But you know, let, let's let's also like this out. Even though a call was missed, and you know, in, in modern day boxing scoring, you know, in, in recent years, it's it's pretty much like accepted if there's a knockdown it's a 10-8 but you know boxing scoring's still always a subjective sport subjective thing and i think people who make that made that controversy into more than it was get carried away uh trying trying to make like it's just straight objective in other words even if that was a knockdown that, that was missed that that was no big that was no big knockdown you know uh that's just in modern sure. boxing scoring We've gotten into where okay, if he gets an official. And look, I do it the way I score now too because it's just it's just become accepted and it's kind of a an informal thing where everybody could get, can be on the same page because it didn't used to be like that. It used to be, and again, nothing was officially changed. It's just kind of the custom. It used to be really if there was a knockdown and the other guy dominated the you know you remember this Chris the other guy. Dominated the rest of the round, but he got dropped. Sometimes you would give him the round ten nine. I mean, that would be, that would be considered an outrage today if if anybody did that in the round, and it's just not accepted anymore. But nothing officially changed. So the point I'm making is, even if it was an official knockdown, it wasn't much of a knockdown. So so to try to argue like it's basketball scoring, you know, and, and, and the referees the referees missed the ba- missed the a three a three pointer. You know, I called it a two, and that cost somebody the game. It's it's not really to me. It's just not the same thing. I mean, I don't think you can make boxing that. So, what I'm getting to is, I thought it was overblown. I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been an official knockdown, but but it, it was no it was no big shot. It was no big knockdown anyway. Um, and and I thought it was generous that Lucas got a draw. He, I mean, not that Tug fought well. He was not impressive, like I said. But, you know, I just thought a draw was pretty generous to him uh, over the course of the fight. I, I don't think he was really all that effective. So um, I think people got a little little carried away with that. But I think the right take on it was by the Showtime crew in terms of in general that we, we kind of keep seeing this, this underwhelming version of Tug. And as some people did say after the fight, and I agree with this now, uh, like I say a lot, the, the longer I, I watch boxing and and just with other things in life too, uh, you know sometimes it's good to be stubborn, but a lot of times you got you got to look at facts and adjust. And Tug is just not not going to be quite as good um, as as we thought he was going to be. And he looked like he was when he was coming up and had that pedigree. He's certainly not a bad fighter. You know he's a he's a legit top 10 ish guy, but. But but that's about it. He he's not going to quite be the formidable force that it looked like he might be. Even though he's a good fighter and he's fought fought a, a for modern day, and of course he hasn't really had that many pro fights either. He's fought a fought a good schedule, but not not going to be the the force that uh, maybe we thought he was going to be a couple of years ago. Yeah,
0: I think pretty much everything you said is fair there. Um there's a lot of stuff that if boxing Twitter existed, that it would just be on one hand, it makes you want to pull your hair out. On the other hand, it makes you just want to chuckle. Um, because you know, the four Kings, John wouldn't even fight because, you know, after all, Hearns got exposed already. So why would we want to see him fighting? Well, he got exposed already. Why would we want to, you know, just, just little stuff that just adds up. And I think this is an example of, um, someone getting wrong. So they got robbed, you know, like it's over, dude, this, this right. is bullshit. This is what I'm saying. There's so many things to, to uh, be critical about boxing. Um, but I just feel like it's like the, the low hanging fruit, you know, is the stuff that people focus in on boxing, Twitter and whatnot, just to, just to be part of the community or something. I don't know, but I agree with you. I didn't like it's. That's a fair take to say that could have been a knockdown. That's fine. I get that. You know the replay stuff. It, obviously, every commission should have instant replay. That should already be a thing. It's crazy that it's not. Some do, but it's taken quite a while for even to get some uh, to to make it happen. So I agree, though. It no, I wasn't agree. anything I think like in
1: boxing. Just jumping in for a second, Chris. I agree yep. with you because I really have not, have not been crazy about it in other sports. But I I do think it works in boxing because you have the breaks in between rounds, and it has been really good in boxing, like to to check out a headbutt, you know, uh, or Mm -hmm. or, you know some, you know, at least confirm if it was a knockdown or not. I I do, I do like it, you know, or for 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 a low blow, you know, for some things like that when you can look at it between rounds. But the other sports, I I just feel like it it can slow things up a yeah. lot and, and you're not you're not you're not checking all calls like for example you know we we don't go to replay in the nfl to see if there was a holding call or not and they they tried it on pass interference and, and then went away from it but you know in the, in the nfl a pass interference call you know is that the spot of the foul it could be a 45 yard penalty it can, we know it can right. always cost a game so you know why not that you know why not that but then you know if it's a fumble or not it's it's we have to do it it's Well, you know, they're looking at it like it's not, you know, it's not as subjective of a thing, but still point being, I I'm not necessarily a proponent of it in other team sports we're used to seeing and and, and some other things, but I think, I think it does fit well in boxing. Yeah.
0: Because there's some stuff that can be pretty clear cut. Now, If you have to slow down the tape, and they do it anyway, but if you have to, like, not necessarily slow down the tape, but if someone gets hit after the bell, we do get that anyway. We get to see it a lot of times in action. Sometimes it's after the fight. If it was, you know, there is some times where you see stuff after the fight more, but I just think it's pretty clear cut. Was that, you know, did he hit him after the bell? Like you said, was it a slip? Were there... Were the feet tangled up it's once you get to see it you're like oh okay yeah that makes more sense and i get why the ref couldn't see it uh sometimes the angle's there sometimes it's just you know they didn't see it whatever it's an excuse but yeah it, it uh it just seems like a pretty basic thing because you're right the nfl and the nba sometimes when they do these replays it just takes forever and you're like oh here we go another one and so you know that we can't have it slow down to that a point um now in the the co-feature, um, Subriel, I think it's Subriel, uh, Matias, and Petros uh, Ananyan. Heading into this, I felt like it was going to be a competitive fight. The first one was pretty competitive. Obviously, this is a rematch. Um, and sign me up anytime Matias pretty much fights because it just it just it just interesting. It's kind of like. I think he's going to continue to build this little hardcore – it's not there yet, but a hardcore fan base of just guys that want to see punishment, you know. What did you think of this uh, fight? And, uh, you know, Matias made up for his uh, first loss and did it in exciting fashion, in brutal fashion at times, considering there wasn't a bunch of knockdowns. But just the thudding shots, you can just – some guys, when they punch – and it's not like the crowd was packed; it was a decent crowd in there. But you can ju- the mic just picks up his punches, you know.
1: Oh, I I I, I agree a hundred percent. Matter of fact, on, on this one, I, I do uh, do get excited about it in the sense that I I my take on Matias is is um, really even even better, frankly, than than yours, Chris, and a lot of people's. Um, I was just curious, you know. I, I was shocked when he lost to Anayan and got up, upset the first time because, especially especially because, you know, Anayan, not a history of as a puncher, but to his credit, and I thought it's why he won the first fight and it's why he was the only guy that, you know, came close to beating, he beat Matias and was the only guy that came close, but what he did that nobody else did because going into the, a fight with him, you would think that that would be your worst strategy. But I, I've I've seen a lot of Matthias, and it, it's it's really not when you look at that first fight with an eye, and compared to other other fights, which is in in their first fight, you know he he just stood his ground. He, he was able to sting him, even though he's not a huge puncher, by just really really going to war with him, standing and not backing off, and. I, I was curious to see if, you know, he was going to do it again and, and how Matias would respond. And he, he did it again in this fight, and Matias didn't exactly respond like I thought he would this time. Like, I, I thought I thought he would just kind of try to overpower him still and, 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 and brawl with him and kind to work. He, he wasn't backing off, meaning Matias, but he was doing the rest of his style the same without, you know, and forward recklessly, but he wasn't backing off, and he was he was able to, as you did describe, and you know he was able to put more hurt on Anayan this time, like he has everybody else he's Uh He was just a yeah, he was just a little bit more responsible defensively, and.
0: You know, he was able
1: to pile up that punishment like he, he does in all his other fights. And, again, just another brutal beating he doled out, you know, finished with a with a, a brutal left hook. And you could see Anayan's eyes, and you could see it in the corner. And I just don't think it's an overstatement, having seen this guy fight a lot. And this is, Chris, where I respectfully disagree. I don't think he's like a Provodnikov. Uh, in in a few different ways, and I've seen a lot of other people saying that, and, and this is my take on it. I I don't see him that way. This guy is very unique in all the years I've been watching boxing. I mean, the the one thing that's unique is just what you did describe. Um, this guy just keeps keeps hitting you, and 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 when he hits you, you just see brutal punishment, you know, piling up on the opponent. I mean, we've seen this a lot of times. You know, we've seen it, you know, with the tragic. Dadashev fight Juukumbaev now we saw it in this rematch with with Anayan. you know we've we've seen it with others i mean he he's now knocked out every man he's faced so it, it's just a repeated thing with him and I can't recall and all the time i've watched it i i mean I, I we've seen I've seen brutal punchers where it's frightening we've seen lots of those, and he is also a brutal puncher but i I don't recall a guy like him where when he he just keeps hitting you and just just the brutal damage that's caused and it was interesting to me this is the way I I saw him in all of his fights except the loss and I saw him describe this one post fight and this is the way I always do see him is that what's so dangerous about him is is he just keeps hitting you with lots of shots you know he keeps hitting you hitting you hitting you he was describing that afterwards that's what he tries to do and. That's what it always looks like, but, but hearing him say it, it's just it's even more frightening and brutal that that's just this guy's strategy. And the other area I don't think he's a Provodnikov that he's been able to do with everybody he's fought except that first fight with a is this guy ha- has an underrated quickness and, and, and a coordination in the ring that when guys who have boxing skill, and, and you could see this, with him you you would see thinking this would be a good strategy with him but it doesn't work like you're a decent puncher but you got boxing skills so you say I'm I'm not going to stand in front of this guy you know I'm going to pop him some and I'm going to move we've we've seen this done with him and and that's where he's got this coordination and this ability to cut off the ring that when you try to do that with him he tracks you down and just keeps hitting you and then you're just backing off from him, getting exhausted, backing off, backing off, and he just keeps hitting you. You know, he, he can get to you. He That's where he's different to me than like a Provodnikov or, or the crude-type sluggers. If you try to back off this guy, he, he gets to you, and he keeps hitting you. He can track you down. I, I mean, of course, he hasn't fought anybody like that, but just to not get Carol away, I'm thinking theoretically like, I mean, if he was theoretically fighting a, a Floyd Mayweather or, you know, uh, a Pernell Whitaker or, you know, maybe a prime Hector Camacho, you know, you know, maybe, maybe he's not able to do that, but there's not a lot of guys like that floating around. So I think he's more dangerous than a lot of people even think. I, I regard him even more highly. I, I think this guy's a big time threat and I'm trying to run him through my mind, like theoretically, I think like a Regis Progre, you know, he's got the power to hurt him and make him think about it. But Progray's not that big, you know, physically, and you know, he kind of keeps his hands low sometimes and stuff. And and I just don't know if I don't know if you can can stop this guy from just putting a beating on you. It's it's going to take somebody. To me, it is going to take a lot. It's going to take somebody with a a lot of a lot of boxing skill and pop, but who can stand ground like Anayan did in that first fight, and and really make this guy not coming forward and i don't know i don't know if there's a lot of guys at 140 pounds if if any that are going to be able to do that with him if he gets a big fight soon you know he's getting an advancing age and he has a high contact style and guys like that can just kind of go sometimes all at once but this, this guy just deals out frightening beatings i just having seen it now so many times it's just it's just frightening what the guy does to people. I think of, in all of boxing, I gotta think he's gotta be one of the least guys anybody would want to fight.
0: I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, and I do want to see him as he, you know he spots some a quality resume so far. Um, he is due for continue the step up, um, and maybe I'm. That's why I kind of like this fight to to be able to see what do you do with the guy he already lost to. And and when I think of like for first uh, loss was against Marisa Herrera, who I deem a better fighter, uh, cleanly, uh, more skilled than, uh, the guy who beat him. Uh, but that doesn't mean much. I think Algeria is too, but look at how he came back though against the same guy, uh, Ananya, you know what I mean? So I, uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know, man. He's just going to be a fun fighter to watch, but to add on to what you said, he is fighting like fresher guys, because for Voktikov, you know, DeMarcus Chop Chop, Corley, and there was a run there, especially after he lost to Herrera. There was a run there that was like older guys are just, you know, not going to be in the ring with them, and then also the Tim Timothy, well, then Algeria, then Timothy Bradley, that was kind of like and that was later in the fight, too. I think people kind of do get over the top with that fight. Like, oh, he should have, he should have won the fight almost. You know, he was getting beat pretty cleanly up until that point. Um, I guess I, I didn't want to necessarily, uh, you know, give an exact example. I don't think it's an exact example or even that close. I just think of uh, the hardcore following he could get is really what I meant as far as just like I want to watch that dude fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would agree yes. he's at a higher level. Um, and we'll see, because like I said, if we do go head-to-head with uh, Provoknikov, I do think is a better fighter, a much better fighter than, well, I don't know about much better, but a better fighter than who this guy already lost to. But, you know, that, that's part of it. That's part of developing. That's part of knowing what he did wrong. I, and supposedly... He wasn't dog-shaped this time, so whatever, you know, the camp, I think he was in um, that young Zapata, William Zapata's camp. I think that's who it was. Whatever whatever happened in this camp, just put it in a jar and, and keep it because this is exactly what we got to have. He's just he's just all action, and he does have more. If you look at the amount of fights and the amount of the knockouts he has, it does appear he's got more power. Uh, then provoked the no doubt about
1: it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and it, um, it be interesting. great, 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 and I agree, he's going to be a guy we all want to see. And, you know, great, great pickup for PBC to, you know, pick pick this guy yeah. up. And it's going to be interesting, yeah, to, to see where he goes from here. But, you know, even though, of course, the fight had a tragic ending, but in terms of what happened in the fight, uh, performance-wise, I think it is—it's is, one you do have to look back on. I mean, Dadashev that, was a guy who had power, and, and he had McGirt in the corner, and you know you saw in that fight, and, and I remember even kind of like when you watched it. I mean, on paper you would think it was a really good strategy. You know, in other words, he was—he sure. was trying to to move in and out and use his pop against the guy that was just a come-forward guy, but you, you, you could again, that's why this Matias to me is just different. You know, you just keep, you know, as, as Dadashev kept backing off, backing off, trying to box him. you know, this guy keeps coming. He, and he, he's just hitting you all over the place, you know? In other words, you can't, he was boxing him, but you couldn't get away from him. And then, so you're, you're, you're backing off, you know, you're, you're tired when you're trying to move like that. And you're throwing punches at this guy and he's, he keeps coming. And then he just keeps hitting you. You, you can't, you can't box your way a, away from him. And, of course, that fight ended up tragically. You know, Buddy McGirt did stop in the corner, and he obviously saw something. Of course, you know, uh, it, it was just, you know, a, a tragedy as part of the sport, unfortunately. And, you know, Dadashev passed away after the fight despite that. But, you know, you saw then with the Bayev, you know, a guy who had some amateur background, too, and had some pop. Again, couldn't, couldn't do the combination of, you know, boxing this guy some and, and hitting him with power shots because the, he just keeps tracking you down, hitting you, hitting you, hitting you. Somehow, in that first fight with Anayan, he's not even as good of a puncher as these other guys like Yukumbaev and Dadashev. But but he stood his ground and was able to back him off, and and that's where you could see a difference. It he, he couldn't couldn't do it this time. So you said, you know, if, somebody, if somebody's going to have to take a lot of punishment if they want to if they want to do that, I think I think we we kind of do know how you how you beat them, but. But it's just a, a brutal thing Like who, who would want to get in with this guy And, and try, to, try to find that out You know it's just uh, I don't think it's an exaggeration When you see, see the punishment he's dealt out in these fights
0: Yeah and uh, Now at 35 and 40 uh, You know Heyman doesn't have uh, Necessarily um, The veteran top guys Just you know right now But uh, he does have a lot of young Fighters in this realm so it'll be interesting to see how all of this plays out. That's for sure. Obviously, uh, that Victor Postal, Antoine, you know Gary Russell. That that's a great fight and a huge step up. So I mean, that that right there could be uh, you know some of the the hit list he'd be on. But let's get to the main event. Maxayo pulls the upset over Gary Russell Jr., who uh, you know. The The red flags were out last week. It's one thing to mention that, hey, you know, I had a good camp, a little banged up, but it is what it is. You never come in there or, like, you never come into fights 100%, as we know, like I said earlier in the show. But sometimes there'll be rumors out there, you know, because someone will... Film something and some fighter won't be uh, using, you know, his jab or whatever, or, or there'll just be rumors with a spy potentially, you know, in the camp. And sometimes it's all this nonsense. Anyway, a lot of times it is. But this one, the combination of being out for almost two straight years, uh, the, you know, with the potential injury and then the drama going on, you know, behind the scenes outside of the ring for him, not drama, but you know, so a lot of stuff, tragedy and. and dealing with what's going on with his father or what, you know, taking care of him and and the surgery he had to have and and whatnot. What do you think of Magsayo considering by at least half the fight, you could see Gary was just, you know, using one arm and he even said the shit in the press conference. You know what stood out to me, like, leading up to it? What stood out to me, another thing is, uh, John, that he said I'll talk about the injury more in depth after the fight. That's where I was like, "Huh, you never hear that." You de- you rarely hear, "Hey man, I got this injury. I'm not going to go into detail, but we'll definitely talk about it after the fight." It's kind of like, "Huh, wow, that's that's pretty telling." What'd you think overall? It felt like Sayo needed to pump, you know, to to push push that pedal to the metal more. Uh, to clearly win this fight, because on the scorecards, he barely won the fight, a majority decision.
1: Yeah, McSaya wasn't overly impressive, but I I thought a lot of of Gary Russell, you know, up to this point, I think some people don't. This is not one of those ones where it's everybody. I mean, some people know how good the guy is and then and some people just wanted to knock him with the what they perceive as as the inactivity I mean there, you know there's some inactivity but I talk, can talk about that a little more some some of it in a certain way is overrated because who he's been in the ring with he's, there's been some good guys you know like right you know Joseph B and, and King Tug you know at the point that he fought him um you know, there, and of course, he had fought Lomachenko years back. I mean, it's not—it's it, not like you know, this is some guy who hasn't fought anybody. So he I mean, blew away Kiko Martinez, who now is a, kind of a darling after his Galahad KO and, and having a decent performance. The fight before that, but you know, Gary Russell made him look silly and blew him away. But he fought him as well. Yeah, they're not so, milking him. Right, I mean, you know, he he'd been in some fights. It wasn't like you know, and you have that had that in the years and all kinds of boxing history. Every once in a while, you have some guy, and maybe he's got an alphabet belt or something, and and he's not that accurate, and he's fighting nobody. You know, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't that. So going into the fight, I think you accurately described it. I I also can't remember where you had so many red flags that were legit. Two year layoff, uh, you know family problems, including his father, who's his corner man. Uh, remember, missed weight as well, which always is a red flag, uh, you know, any, anywhere, you know, at heavyweight, it's a red flag when the guy comes in too heavy, uh, even though you don't have to make a weight. And then, you know, in the lighter weights, when you just see somebody miss, it's a red flag because you know that they're, they're not as prepared. So off two years, misses weight. Um, it, you know, then I did tweet out before the fight, there's all these concerns, but I, and then he, as you also mentioned, the one more additional concern is he's saying, which I agree with everybody that said that, including yourself, you don't normally hear a fighter say this, you know, pre-fight, he's saying I'm hurt, but, but here's the thing. He does as has come out, like with the Pacquiao Mayweather fight and others. And I think this is a good argument. You know, look, the commission's ask you to disclose injuries on the form and everything and the forms and everything. So, you know, you know, there is a provision there. You know, if you're hurt, you've you got to say what it is, and the commission's going to take a look at it. So, you know, no, nobody stopped them from coming in to fight. So, even with all the red flags, I had my concerns, but I think a lot of Gary Russell's ability and Mike Sayo, even the, the KO over Seha in the previous fight was brutal, you know, he'd gotten dropped and, and didn't look that great before that. So, uh, I, I thought you couldn't go away from Russell on the pick. And here's where I want to say you got to look at how things actually played out I don't think that that was a wrong way to look at things Because let's see how that fight played out Gary Russell, this is punch stats Sometimes they're not a good tool Sometimes they are a good tool This is an instance where they were a good tool He's throwing both hands Even as verified by punch that, And you see him grimace And then it's not an exaggeration It's verified literally by punch stat, not only your own eyes, but by the stats. He goes one-handed the rest of the way. What I'm saying is I I thought you kind of had to stick with Russell despite all the red flags because Mike Style hadn't proven to be that good yet. But anybody picking Russell, including myself, you didn't know that during the course of the fight, he was going to become injured where he was going to fight one-handed the rest of the way, okay? So I don't think you can second-guess yourself or say, oh, magsio was the great upset pick because he had one card, 114-114. It's not unreasonable to say if he would have been fighting two-handed for 12 rounds, he would have pulled it out. So, uh, you know, I, I think in that sense, you know, it it, it it was a winnable fight for Russell. But, look, the guy's obviously toughing out, and boxing's a dangerous sport, and Metsayo can prove he punched. But I have seen boxing over a long enough time that I have seen fighters in the one-handed situation before. And what I didn't see from Russell that I usually see in that situation is that the guy decides to continue, which is admirable in terms of heart, and it was admirable for Gary Russell. But usually... You know, they'll, they'll try to bang them then with the one hand they got left. You know what I mean? Like, like they'll try to really load up on the power and say, hey, if I'm going to win this thing, you know, I got to hurt the guy with the one hand I got. And I, I'm going to bang away some. He didn't, he didn't do that, you know. But, of course, he is a great boxer. But I never saw him really try to load up and really bang away. A little bit, not much. So, I didn't think he won the fight. I I didn't think he did enough. I really I really didn't think he did enough. I I didn't I didn't think there was really a case for him. The the 114, 114 I thought was a stretch. And I've always liked Gary Russell a lot as a fighter. And like I said, I thought the inactivity knock was overblown, just in the sense that like, look, some people disagree on this, but I've come to the conclusion with the dangers of the sport that if if the elite fighters are going to fight twice a year. I'm okay with that, but throw out the no-hoper fight. In other words, most of these guys, the way it kind of goes is one fight's decent and one guy's a no-hoper. I don't need the no-hoper fight. And the way I looked at it was, you know, Gary Russell just wasn't giving us the no-hoper fight. So was that really that big of a deal? You know, I know there's upsets, but usually there's not upsets. You know, the upsets are still the exception. So, you know, I didn't feel like I was being robbed by Gary Russell if he was fighting Jojo Diaz and fighting once a year and he didn't fight a no-hoper, or if he was fighting Kid Cug and it was once a year and he didn't fight a no-hoper. So that's where I thought it was a little bit overblown. You know, people are like, like Gary Russell was, you know, th- this outrage, <laughs> this outrage in modern boxing when all the elite guys fight twice a year and almost all of them are fighting a no or one of the two. So, you know, okay, so you're, you're really that heartbroken that you lost a – Gary Russell versus a no-hoper fight uh, once a year over the last couple of years, I I don't, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I don't, I don't like the no-hoper fights, you know I mean? To me, that's where the Canelo model was kind of good. And and that's why I even give, going back in an era when fighters fought a lot more, I think Julio Cesar Chavez, sometimes as a fighter gets overrated, but one knock that's not fair on him was when he was fighting guys that were no-hopers those were the extra fights. Like, in other words, that's when he was fighting like eight times. He was picking up like three extra fights a year. Right. So he, he could fight that in Mexico. And those were the no-hopers. Like, that wasn't his That wasn't his regular schedule. You know, that was like in addition to the schedule. So, like, right. I didn't love Canelo Yuldrum, but that was the third fight of last year. So, like, that's the right. way I think it should be. Like, if you want to give us a no-hoper as – a third or even a fourth fight for the year because you want to do it, you want to get some paychecks. Okay, fine, but you know, if it's if it's two times a year and one fight is going to be a no hope or I mean, you know, I don't need I don't really need that. I mean, uh you know, I I need I think the elite two good fights a year is a is a fair standard. So getting back to that, so I think Russell maybe takes a little bit too much heat there from people. Um he hung in, you know, showed some heart. I think, and the th- thing is, even as a believer in Russell, though, I've said this, and I think this is a little harsher than most people have had it, but I'm going to stick by it. Look, he hasn't he hasn't been that active, so, you know, we're going to say that. I don't think it was a big deal people made out, but he hasn't fought for two years. That is a big deal. I'm going to say that, but why I didn't talk about that as much as some yeah. others is even though other people have fought, it's still COVID. You know, there's still COVID around. Um, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird time, so – uh You know that was obviously during this period, but he, two years of not fighting, then having this fight with mag sa- picking up the loss, obviously having a serious shoulder injury because he fought one handed that that's the thing right. to, to me like obviously no faking or exaggeration. the guy wasn't going to put up an act and go one handed you know for all those rounds and risk risk his health and it's risky being out there, so we know he's got a serious shoulder injury. You no, know, orthopedically, that's more as you get to the late thirties towards forties, but still he's thirty three you know you' he's not necessarily going to bounce back from that that well. He's five foot four um he didn't make the weight on the first try, so I think we can say that's his right, yeah. featherweight dates are probably over uh so i'm I'm always the first to say. Is there any real difference to me between you know fighting at 126 pounds and 130? No matter what anybody's going to try to say, no, there's not. So, but but he might not be fighting at 130 that long. He's getting older, you know. Like, and he's talked about lightweight before, so you know five four. You know he's 33 right now, and he's out with the shoulder. So we're going to have a guy in his mid 30s, five foot four inches tall, not what he was because he's coming off a shoulder, and he's going to be fighting that maybe. I don't think it's a stretch. He could be fighting at 135 pounds. I, I'm not going to say he's never going to pick up a decent win again. But, again, I like Gary Russell. Um, you know, he showed heart hanging in there. But I, I, I think this is kind of kind of end of the road at the top. Uh, I, I will go that far. Uh, I just don't think it's being too harsh. I just think it's all those factors combined. And, you know, he's a, he's a fighter that relies on speed as well. So, to do yeah. that, he's got – you got to move. You got to move up on w- in weight. So almost to me, and you know, like look at a guy. Your, your best example of that all, uh, probably of all time would be a Manny Pacquiao. You know, he was still fighting, started a flyweight, still fighting effectively as a welterweight. But one of the reasons he was able to do that is because that speed kept translating as he's getting older, as he's in the higher weights. Now doesn't mean everybody's Manny Pacquiao, but that's the thing. Like Gary Russell. Let's say he could make 126 still. It, it almost doesn't work for him anymore either because he, he's, with the quicker fighters, he's going to start being – he's not going to have the speed advantage that he had, and it's not going to fit with his style. So, But he doesn't have the height. I, I just think it's going to be tough for him going forward, coming off the shoulder injury. Uh, he, he was off two years. Now he's going to be off for a long period of time because of his shoulder. I think he's going to have to be. Uh, I, I just don't think it's looking good. I, I don't think it's looking good. I think we've seen the best of Gary Russell we're going to see. And, you know, for people who like to make the inactivity argument, they're going to say what could have been. You know, he, he, still, he still had a good career. But, uh, you know, right now he just fought at featherweight, which is, is a division that's not that strong right now. Um, but uh, I, I think it's going to be tough for him going forward. For Magsayo, he didn't look great. People did get get on him for not doing more with a one-handed fighter, but you know, Gary Russell is is a, a talented guy who's been a top fighter. Um, I thought Mike Sire clearly won. So he's a young guy. I mean, you know, hasn't had that many big fights um, yet. Uh, he got the win. It, it's a, it's I think it's a decent step forward if, for him. It looks like this probably will happen. They're both with PBC now. WBC connection would seem to be there too. Uh, so, you know, if if he fights Ray Vargas next, that that's a good fight. I mean, I like the fight. I, I myself don't think Vargas has looked as good lately as I thought he was going to be. So, uh, Magsayo brings some power. Uh, Vargas will probably try to box him. He hasn't been punching with power. So, it'll be an interesting style match up to see if, Mike Sayo can get to him over 12 rounds. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a good fight. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely tune into that one. So I think that's probably next for Mike Sayo And I think, like I said, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a tough road for Gary Russell from here on out, I think.
0: Yeah, he had that really long layoff, too, coming off that Kamita fight. Kamita, yeah, Kamita fight. But he did manage to uh, get in the ring late last year. Like you said, didn't look all that good. Maybe it was because of that layoff. We'll see. Um, He's, um, you know, not getting any younger himself, but I I do like him in that fight. And you're right. He, he was the mandatory. It's in a weird mandatory scenario there. And uh, so, you know, Ray Vargas, more than likely, like you said, now that he's with Al, um, I'm assuming that's the fight. And I agree. That is a good fight. Good style matchup. I favor Ray Vargas on the, on paper right now, but, um, Yeah, you know, the fact that uh, Russell's going to be out for a while, who knows, if it's six months, if it's longer. And there's no priority for him to come back if he's not signed with somebody. So that could delay it even longer, you know, just waiting (laughs) around for Heyman to find room on something. That's not necessarily going to work for him either. So it really matters what he wants to do. You're right, though, about, you know, 126 to 130. Especially, it'd be different if you came from 118 and then 122 you looked okay then featherweight you're like ah it's probably peak there like mares seemed like 126 was his peak and then you go to 130 and it starts to fade but he's been at 126 so long mid-30s by the time he gets back 34 30 you know like you said 34 next couple of years he'll definitely be in his mid-30s and you know he's been doing it for a long time we know he hasn't taken a bunch of punishment but he's been i mean the reason why we always Assume he's to me ready to go is because he's always in the gym, and that does you know fade fade you after a while, wear and tear really. So that 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 adds into it. You're right. I, I'd just go to 130, get a good fight, and then try to get you know a Trevante fight or you know something like that, uh, something bigger uh, at 30 or 35, just to kind of um, we'll make a nice paycheck on the way out and whatnot. But just in general, well, Why not? You know what I mean? Why not? But yeah, I think I, I'd assume it'd be Ray Vargas which is a good fight on paper. Um, so that about wraps it up. Now this weekend, um, ESPN has the main event card, and I think, John, it's on like, it's on after like four or five um, college basketball games. It's literally at least four. And, you know, Kansas, Kentucky plays, Duke plays, like there's some big names, so it should help the rating. Of course, they're going to have – You know, uh, Walsh, Mr. Ali Walsh, uh, right at the start of, (laughs) he'll get the lead in, you know, the biggest lead in number, you know, that's coming, but, um, I am interested to an extent that's for sure in the, um, kind of interesting fight in the co-feature, but, uh, is now, or Sal, I think it's Conceso um, is taking on Xavier Martinez. Now, Xavier Martinez, um, I think it was Claudia Marrero where he hit the canvas competitive fight. Um, some folks in those last couple of fights started to kind of think they're starting to see his ceiling. Didn't look great against Burgos. You know, he he became a free agent and one thirty is definitely, you know, top ranks invested in this, um, you know, division pretty well. So obviously we hear about the, I hope it's going to happen. Um, April 30th is what the date they threw out there um, on the opposite side coast in Vegas with Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. But um, this is an interesting fight. Um, I think this is Xavier Martinez' uh, step-up fight as far as facing someone in their prime as well. Uh, Marrero and some other guys, Burgos, they had good careers, but they weren't necessarily, you know, on the way up or – quote-unquote fresh per se, um, you know, I like Xavier Martinez in some form or fashion. Um, he, he's very economical, and sometimes that's good. I think he's going to have to push up the pace. Well, I think both of them will probably have to push the pace a little bit, but I I feel like Martinez a little bit more. There's t- You know, even though he's economical, he doesn't waste a bunch of punches, he'll still throw combinations. So I think that's key at times, though. I see him kind of uh, on defense, kind of, you know, just worried about his guard the whole time and shelling up a little too much. Um, And also sometimes he he pushes his punches. I noticed that um, watching the fight in the past. I actually watched a a fight uh, today earlier of his, just a little bit of it. Um, Whereas Concezo, he looked good against Oscar Valdez. You know, he's got a really good jab. Uh, usually will, he, he kind of pot shots, uh, it doesn't necessarily throw great combos, but whether it's the right hand behind the jab or a counter right hand or that left hook, sometimes he'll throw that jab and, you know, turn it into a left hook. I notice he catches people in exchanges. Jose so looked okay on the way up. Sometimes I, I when I see his fights, he'd be like, oh, hey, there's something there. Other times not so much. I thought he fought really well against Oscar Beldez. Uh, considering obviously we know what was going on uh you know fight week for him um uh, but you know if someone told me hey i thought i thought he beat valdez i wouldn't be freaking out um you know he definitely outlanded him you know um at times i thought he was out skilling them and, and landing flush shots but valdez made a run as well and, and at times landed some really good shots so either way I do like this fight, though. Uh, it's kind of like an early career crossroads fights, in a sense. Not really, though. I think it's just a good mid-level fight. It's probably two guys in the in the what uh, bottom part of the top ten, something like that. And uh, what, what do you think of this fight? Who do you, who do you got winning in this one?
1: Yeah, Chris, you're right? These are kind of like legit one hundred and thirty, you know, kind of like fringe top ten guys. Um both fighters, yeah, I, I kind of see this one the same as you. Both guys, seeing him up to this point, not overly impressed with either, yet Yet both decent. But, um, again, I'm with you. Contestial, he did look much better than I expected against Valdez, really was right there with him uh, competitively. That, that That was a big surprise to me, and he did look good. He's 33, but he does have amateur pedigree, too. Um, you don't always see that with somebody from Brazil. You spoke of that country. You know, a lot of times you think of Brazil a little more with, with the MMA, but, uh, you know, ha, has the good amateur pedigree. Uh, did look good against Valdez. I, I don't think Martinez has looked that good lately. I am in that camp. I, I just uh, – I am in that camp. It just looks like a guy that's kind of maxed out that, that maybe – just not that talented. But these guys do match up well in terms of ability, the odds reflect So I like the fight in that sense too, and I'm looking forward to it because it's a tight one. Um, Martinez is a slight betting favorite, very slightly. Um, the only thing that could maybe hurt the fight a little is both guys tend to box some, and sometimes boxer boxer matchups, not, not even sometimes, but a lot of times yeah. they're not that good. So I'm, right. I'm hoping that doesn't it Both put of them kind of on one shot it. at a time too much. Yeah, I, I got to throw that out there, that, that both of these guys kind of like to box a bit and, and matching up. Might not be the best style mesh, but competitive-wise, it's a good matchup. And, you know, it, it's good when we get this on ESPN. Like you said, it's just starting a little bit late. I don't like that. I don't think we need the Nico Ali-Walsh thing. But it is a good college basketball night. I, I you and I both follow that as well. Uh and and it's a good night for that. I'm kinda of looking forward to that. You got Kansas, Kentucky, you got Shibuy, um Kansas, you know, playing well. That's that's a that's a good college basketball night. So uh there's some interconference matchups that weekend and built for T V but it but it does work. It's kind of a you know, mid season type thing that that is kind of interesting. So that that might do some decent lead in which helps, but I, I wish some of the boxing would get started a little earlier for the East coast audience. We're not, we're not getting that. And I think it puts a we're on ratings, but just like when boxing cards go against each other, I mean, these are intentional moves. You think why, but sometimes they want to do counter programming and, you know, some people, you know, we've talked about this before, but some people just don't get TV. Like even though this frustrates me as a boxing fan, You know, maybe a fight that's well, like like, look with the Joe Smith fight recently, um, say, oh, they they put that up with an NFL playoff game. Well, you know, they're doing that on purpose because ESPN doesn't have an NFL playoff game that night, so they want to get a fan base to counter-program the NFL game. I mean, sure, you're going to lose some viewers, but if you're the network that doesn't have the NFL game that night, and you want to stay in the mix uh, you yeah. know, to, to compete with some of your advertisers, you've got to put something on that's going to draw some viewers. So, and hold viewers, are too. You, are you, right, or, or you're literally going to take the TV equivalent of a zero, a goose egg. So, um, you know, that that, can frust- that frustrates me sometimes as a boxing fan, too. Don't get me wrong, it's frustrating. But, you know, from a TV perspective, I know what, why they do it. Like, you know, this literally just came up within recent hours – where you know they said, oh, they're you know Dazone's going to and Hearn's going to throw, you know Katie Taylor and you know Amanda Serrano on at, at the same time as an, as another card. Well, they're doing it on purpose. You know, again, you don't like it as a fan, but they're doing it on purpose. They're saying, well, they're our competitors, and we we're going to try to throw something good on against them that's going to take away some of their boxing viewers. They just these are these are the strategies that can be frustrating as a fan. But when again, as we know, boxing is not coordinated under one umbrella. You know, there's not a national T V deal like the NFL where it's all worked out when these games are gonna be on, what time, what channel. So if they wanna compete against each other, there's nothing stopping them from doing it. So uh, you know, that that that's that's what happens. So, you know, ESPN's decided that this one's gonna be good after the game basketball games, uh, but you know, not not a not a bad not a bad free card at least uh, you know we've, we've got a uh, we've got a competitive headliner.
0: Yeah, exactly. On paper, you're right. Uh, Martinez just a slight slight favorite. I think there's value in both, but I'm uh, I am picking uh, Conceicao, and I do think if it is, it's a very good call. Uh, it could be a slow fight. I think that fits up better with him because, like I said, I did notice Martinez does so combos but he just waits too much and there's times where he gets a so arm punchy where he's like lunging and leaping with the shots and i don't know um i haven't been all that impressed either um so i'm going uh conceso and especially if it's that tit for tat slow moving fight he's gonna jab He's going to jab to the stomach. He's going to land his left hook. He's going to throw a right hand. He's going to, he's just, I think he's a little, a higher level. I mean, if you look at their pedigrees as a pro, what I've seen, especially at the higher level now that we've seen him with Valdez, that stands out. And then dude had over 400 fights as an amateur. He's a gold medalist from Brazil. So, and that's not to take any from Martinez who had a solid, he was like, you know, he's been fighting since he was like six or seven years old. He like 85 and 10 or something like that 15 so he's had a you know good career as well as far as the amateurs go but um i'm also i'm, I'm wondering you know if we can get something to pop off with this undercard fight with Rene Tellez. i think it's geron and luis melendez um you know the, the the one loss he has uh was to you know michelle rivera and so I don't, and, and you know, he got knocked down in that fight, but he wasn't completely lost in that fight, but he turned around and beat Carlos, uh, Valdres. So I thought that was a pretty good, um, win for him. And it kept them around as far as like, Hey, you know, the guy's 22 years old. So he's, you know, he's plenty young. On the other side of it, Melendez, you know, has already, you know, he took a, took a loss. Um, it's one of those fights that it was like, Three years ago, four years ago, early loss. I don't even remember who it was. I just remember hearing about it. I didn't see the fight. Uh, but you could make an argument against uh, Matthias, Thomas Matthias, last year. It was like November or December, something like that. that you know, A fair amount of people thought he actually lost that fight. Um, so it's definitely a prospect against prospect. Uh, has that Showtime vibe where they both have won losses. Um, Renee Tellez, which some people just go by that, whether it's Giron or not, G- G- Giron. I have him winning. I think he's a somewhat of a clear favorite. It's not a, a five to one, but he's, he's. I have him winning. But I, I feel like that. You know, something could pop up with that fight. We could get kind of just one of those fights of the night, uh, as far as in a slower weekend. You know.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's some there's some good stuff for slow weekend. I, I do like. Concesi in, in the main event for the slight upset as a plus there. I'm leaning that way as well. Um, it's a tight one though. And then, yeah, you know, Tellez, Jerome, he's looked really good. You know, he, it, it reminds you of some of these guys that have, that have, you know, j- jumped recently, some of these Mexican fighters with the pop, uh, you know, guys like Mauricio Lara and then, you know, Tellez, uh you know, Jerome, and uh, you know you've got um, Lopez has also you know he beat Gabe Flores he's, he's picked up some other big wins you know there there is kind of a there is kind of a theme there with these guys uh, that you know they come up young maybe they pick up some uh, you know pick up a loss loss or two and then they uh, they really uh, they really start coming on with their punching power uh, he, he he falls into that vein for me. I like seeing him fight as well. I I think he'll win and keep rolling as well. Uh, you know, as you pointed out, I mean, certainly losing to Michelle Rivera is no shame. Uh, he he's a guy that has looked like, you know, one of the top up and comers in the sport. So there's no shame there. And, and, uh, you know, Telez Jerome already derailed Carlos Balderas, uh, who then didn't look good, good in his, uh, coming over to top rank fight with McGirt training him. So, uh, yeah, you know, that was a, that was a huge win, and and uh, you know he stopped Balderas. That was in that great PBC card they they had at the end of the year a couple of years ago, uh, best action card of that year. Uh, so uh, this, he, he's a guy you like seeing. Good good move by Top Rank, uh, picking him up with his availability and giving him a TV spot. I think that's a good move.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Any other any other items you want to talk about? Are you uh, pretty pumped about this uh, pay per view from Warren, Ohio? Don King uh, produced. I notice not a lot of people in the media are are down down in this pay per view for some, for some reason. I see Dan Raphael actually with some sort of sponsorship deal or, or some sort of <laughs> show now on Fight TV. He's pumping up this Fight TV heavyweight Don King, but then he's ripping the PBC one, which that's fine to, you know, criticize and rip both of them. It's just kind of funny. Like, Dan, you know, the wretched I- I- WBA was just horrible. Now he's up there calling it a title fight, John. He's up there calling it a title uh, fight when we know that's not the real WBA. Um, kind of uh, funny I, how this stuff works, huh?
1: I I agree with you. Um, you know, and, and I think, uh, look, you should go on what happened. I mean, yeah, you know, I think for for thirty nine ninety five. You know, I said it as it was coming up. I surprised myself getting into it, but I liked the all heavyweights idea uh, for the price and what you got and how it worked out. I, I thought it worked out real well. I'd like to see two or three of those a year, and and I'm with you. I I don't see you know a lot of media types getting behind it. You know, they, some of them even wanted to knock it in hindsight, and I'm like, you know, did, did you did did you somehow miss the highlights of Faust and uh you know, right. did, did, did did you somehow miss Luis Ortiz getting dropped twice and then knocking Charles Martin out on his feet? Or uh, even you know, I thought it was a very solid fight. You know, Gerald Washington came out giving it all he had against Desmarion and Desmarion weathered the storm for the first couple rounds and, you know, started putting a beating on Washington who gassed out. But that was a a good fight and performance by Marion who's only got the one loss to a Ajagba by decision. Now, say, you know, rice and coffee didn't come into shape; they should have. That to me was a bad right. '80s heavyweight back, where you had guys not maxing their potential coming out of shape. And Frank Sanchez did a Frank Sanchez in the bad Frank Sanchez way. <laughs> But again, bowl of Frank those, those just, Right, but so we got a lot but of the Cuban heavyweight cars.
0: fight was popping off. That's gonna. It's right. gonna be and tough. That, it's going to be tough to beat that card for a while, John. That's just fact. Yeah. Are we to a point where if, yep. if it's on pay-per-view and you didn't like it on pay-per-view, do those still count? I don't know. Are we to a point where those don't count as fights now? Because that's going to be a five out of the seven cards that we got to see that day. It's it's going to be tough to beat that for a while.
1: Yeah, and right, and that was on the... Yeah, the the Fox portion, you're right. But that was good on regular Fox. And then I didn't like the lightweights breaking up the theme, but still Frank Barton is one of the top prospects of boxing. He had a big KO. I mean, that that was a – I enjoyed that night of boxing. That's why I keep getting back to it. That's the kind of night of – right, that's the kind of night of boxing I want more of. And I'm like, what did that – right, did that not count or something? I mean, you know, you had heavyweight brawl of the year, opening up the pay-per-view portion. I mean, just – just a, a modern day, of course. Not nothing's going to be on that level, but it was like a it was like a Foreman Lyle. I mean, you know what 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 more what more what more do you want? I mean, uh, so that was that was good. Now here, right, we got you know. I think people, you know, look. I, I said it a million times. I'll say it again. I don't like all these divisions. I don't think we need. I can see the case for a cruiserweight, but the problem with cruiserweight being that. And Usyk's proven this. It's been proven by many others, but he, he's proven it again. You know, if you're really that good at cruiser weight, you can fight as a heavy, and then you're and you're going to make a lot more money. So you're going to do it. So, you know, you got guys like Makabu and Machunu. Yes, they are legitimate top ten cruisers. You know, forget the alphabet belt stuff for a moment, uh, because you know, it, it, looking at a cruiser, Breidis is the top guy there. Uh, but you know they're top, they're legit top ten cruisers. But if you've seen both of these guys fight, and I, and some people will, will try to dispute it a little bit with Machunu, but I, but I don't agree. I mean, they're they're just they're just not that good. Okay, so you know it might be they fought once. You know, might it be an okay fight? Yeah, it might be a decent fight, yeah. but. But neither neither of these guys, and I know they're legit top ten cruiserweights, but it says more about the division than anything. They're just not they're just not that good. I mean, Makabu is just he's got some power and that's it. But but he really he really doesn't have anything else. And you know, Machuno you know, he he's kind of to me the guy that if you're going to have a cruiserweight, it was kind of made for not because he's that good, but because, you know, he, he doesn't have the height and the pop to fight at heavyweight. Yeah. But, you know, he, he's a guy that has that weight. But, you know, you look at him fight, he, he doesn't have the pop, he doesn't have the height. So, you know, he, he he's not going to do anything at heavyweight. So, you know, he, he does fit that division, you know, if you're going to have a cruiserweight. But, 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 but neither of these guys is particularly great, I would I would think really just on the power that Macabu will probably get by, but but yeah, it's not it's not that good of a card. I mean, look, I I get amused by Don King still being involved, like everybody else at ninety years old. I mean, Bob Arum was doing it. That part's kind of funny, but breaking a yeah. wallet out for this card to me is not really funny. <laughs> I mean, and then, like you said, they're going to say the P- hey, the PBC one. I don't think this one will work out like the PBC one did. You know, the PBC heavyweight card. Uh, now this has right. heavyweights on it too, you know Brian and Jonathan Gidry. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to get too too much. But but again, that's what was good about the PBC one because when they're giving you like five heavyweight fights, you know then then you know if they're matched decently or, or nothing of them are, you're going to get something out of it. But you know if you get one like if this Gidry Brian thing ends up being a dud, which it's most likely to be a dud, uh, you know. Right. I mean, it's not like you've got a, a bunch of other decent heavyweight fights backing it up. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting uh, sideshow almost type of thing itself. But again, I don't know about forty nine ninety five on that one. But but you're right, Chris. You do make a good point because there there are some people that you would almost say should kind of know better. Like then, like it, it got on to fight TV now within the last day or two. Uh, as a pay per view option, and, and like there's like media members saying like, boxing media members like, we're really fortunate, you know. Fight TV picked this up, so right, you're right. With this one, we're fortunate that Fight TV is making this available to break out your fifty bucks for, uh, you know, this card, which is not particularly good, uh, but you know, P- the PBC card, you know, for for the, for that price, that was you know that was an <laughs> that was that was that was an outrage
0: it just be consistent I mean for Dan Raphael to sit there and rip the upcoming pay-per-view in the in the heavyweight pay-per-view cool that's fine hey we were hoping for a $40 one for the therm one too we, we get it we get it but
1: yeah I don't I don't th- like the therm. I, I don't you know, right and I'm going to be that's, yeah. I'm going to be consistent I mean I I don't like the Thurman card. I don't like the price. I I really – some people are saying that's pretty good, but I don't really like the card all that much. I mean, for me, that heavyweight theme is intriguing, something that, you know, flagship division of boxing and and PBC trying to get something going on their end of it. We know you have all the political divisions. Hey, I I think it ended up being a a pretty good move. Um, But, you know, Thurman, you know, after a long period of inactivity – you know, fighting Barrios. Uh, I mean, you know, Josecito Lopez and Abel It's Not a full you know, price paper. A fight, but it's not a, It's it's not 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 enough to carry a pay per view for me. And you know, you, you got Leo Santa Cruz. Leo Santa Cruz against another guy we don't want to see. Uh, I mean, it's just not. Uh, that's that's too. That's a bridge. That one's a bridge too far. I mean, if anybody wants to watch it, fine. Uh, it's not that like I don't have interest in what happens, but. Uh, that, that's no, just right, stretching yeah. too far. It'll count. That's
0: it'll count. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just right. funny the double dip of Dan to to do that, rip it, turn around and promote this fight. And then the funny thing is the W E for years the wretched W B A the wretched WB the wretched and then now he's calling a WBA regular a title fight. It just it's like just be a little more consistent. That's that's all we're at. We get the fans are going to do what the fans are going to do, but they're going to do way more silly shit if you – or think silly stuff if you keep misleading them like this. Um, But anyway, any other items that you uh, would like to discuss, sir?
1: Yeah, just uh, a couple. I'll try to to wrap it up briefly, but uh, one one seemingly more minor and one bigger. First, I think some clarifications needed. I've seen this come up before, and this is where – the law background can help out. I, I and, and look, this is this is a good word. You can provide some insight on it. People people are confusing the boxing term of step aside money uh, for situations where it's not step aside money. In other words, Joshua is not being ordered to have a rematch with Usyk by the Alphabets. That is an Eddie Hearn contractual. Thing that he's allowed to do in the UK I say that because I think that's an, that. I don't even think it would have been an Ali Act violation in the US But in the UK he could Have the rematch clause On the mandatory title fight So that's a contractual Issue so really What would have to happen If Usyk's not going to fight Joshua next He, can, In other words he can't drop belts And fight somebody else He he can't fight. It's a, it's, a, it's a contract, so you know without paying damages. So really, what you're doing, you're settling Joshua and Hearns' contract case against you by paying some kind of sure. settlement uh, rather than risking damages. That's a good class- clarification. There, that's a really good clarification. Yeah. Step aside. Step aside. Money is when an alphabet organization, which you know what I think of them. Is they're ordering you yeah. to do something, and because you want to keep their alphabet belt, you're giving the guy that they're ordering you to fight money, and and saying to the guy, I'm not going to fight you next. But like, see, with step aside money, if 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 it was that situation, you know, Usyk could drop belts and say, you know, I'm not going to fight Joshua again. Like, let's if, if say the WBO was ordering he had to fight Joshua next. That's step aside money because he would have the option of either dropping a belt and fighting somebody else, or if he wants to keep that belt, paying Joshua money. With the, the with the situation he's in now, he can't fight anybody else without paying Joshua contractual damages ultimately. So that would be like settling that claim. So it, it's, a diff, it's a different situation that's um, that's worth pointing out. A theme I like that I'm seeing, I mentioned this before, the final thing I just want to point out is uh, – looks like the Adorno brothers are going to be ultimately going from top rank to PBC. And why I mention that is, and they're putting like, they're crediting that they're coming over like the Vito Milnicki, of course, who's a Jersey guy. And they're both from Allentown, Pennsylvania, you know, very, very close by. And Cliff Rold had pointed this out in a couple of his articles. And I agree. I'm seeing the same thing. Um, I like it a lot. And, and it really goes back. We've talked about this like almost 40 years ago when the Duva got started and they were always linked with NBC and they, they built up that kind of hard Scrabble East Coast base of guys. And then, you know, HBO would, would, would well, you know, HBO showing Gotti a lot and Ward. Uh, just say, like, I like it. Like, I, I see PBC. I see Al Heyman and PBC building up because there's a lot of population in the East Coast. And there's a lot of boxing history. So um, – and then you get more media attention because, you know, there's just more media, you know, with the bigger cities in the east and stuff. That, that's where that formula has worked. And, you know, there's a different type sure. of formula for the West Coast with that. But, but that has been a winning formula for boxing for, for decades at different times. And, you know, like PBC's already got Mil Mickey – now they're picked up the Adornos or from Allentown, and you know even even if there's been some weight misses and some stumbles, those guys have been in some good fights. You know, those guys have been in some real good fights, and they're still young. Um, you know, yeah, so, Jeremy
0: and he, Joseph, right? I think Jeremy and Joseph, right, right,
1: and then they and got you know, Joseph was in that Ortiz in,
0: fight, right? That Adorno or Ortiz right. fight from last year,
1: yeah, which was was one of the best fights of the year. So I mean, yeah, that matters, and that was. Cool. tough yeah, that was a great fight. And then you've got, so, and then, you know, Joey Spencer's from Michigan. He's not from there, but you know, they, they vote, they just had him fight in Jersey, even though it was TV ratings, not live gate. Nobody was really in the arena, but, but surprisingly good TV numbers. I mean, that's how you build up things like that. So, um, and you know, they've had guys on the undercards. I've noticed them from the East when they're running these cars you know, you, I see Top Rank do a little bit of it, but then they don't seem to like really stick with it. I mean, some of the fights might be located there, but I think I see PBC kind of. I mean, I definitely see a move there. I, I see them building up like a like an East Coast attraction base that I think that they're going to keep running out there, and I, I think that'll I think that'll pay off. I think that'll ultimately pay off. So I'm I'm interested. Seeing that build up, those guys are all real young, and uh, I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna pay off. So I'm kind of saying, watch for it now. You know, these guys will be on the same shows, and and I think they're gonna keep running them, and I think you're gonna see them. Uh, you're gonna see them build up a build up a good East Coast base. You know, Jersey, you know, Pennsylvania, Philly. Um, I, I think that's. I think that's. Uh, I think New York. I think that's gonna get built up.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. For sure. Well, I appreciate you uh coming on the show on such a strange uh day. It should give you it should be back to Wednesday pot if I get off work pot early enough possibly um on Tuesday. I'll keep you posted next week, but uh enjoy the fights and have a
1: good weekend. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me as always and have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights.
0: Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Take care. All righty, all righty. So we do have some current fight news to get into in just a moment. Uh, Portland, let me know if you want to join the show tonight. Maybe you're working, you're just chilling. That's cool too. Um. So yeah, it is. By the way, just to officially talk about this, uh, the the Machu Machu what is it? Machuno, which Machu, Machu Machuno Machuno and Mac, Macabu. Um, it is a competitive fight on paper. Um, it it's on Fight TV for fifty bucks. It's a pay per view. It's just the card doesn't do a whole lot for me. You know that that's that's the biggest thing. Um, but you know, literally, it's a basically damn near a fifty. It's basically a fifty fifty fight in, in the main event. We will have to say that I'm looking at the, um, yeah, it's like the highest one for uh, Machunu is like. Plus one twenty. That's the highest. So that tells you it's basically a fifty-fifty fight. That could be a very interesting fight, Trevor Bryan. And I'm obviously giving Dan some shtick because you know, I mean, he, he was so big on destroying the WBA for so long. Which that's cool, you know. I'm I'm down for that, or not just the WBA, but all those sanctioning. Belts, right, when you call a spade a spade, but for him to sit here and call the Trevor Bryan fight a you know, title shot, a title fight, I should say, it's just like, well, which one is it? Um, so that's, he's a clear favorite in that one, obviously. Um, Steven Shaw, actually, I think that's going to be on the uh, top rank. He's, he's facing uh, Joey. He's facing Joey. Um, so, you know, it'll be it'll be nice to get him back uh in action. I know he had didn't he have some sort of injury? Um uh, Fedor Pop Papazov Papazov. You know, that's gonna be a good fight. The Solem, What the hell's that guy's name? Solan Sulem, Bak? Sulimanbach? Bak? that's actually a competitive fight. Look out for that one. That's that's a competitive fight. is that on is that going to be on ESPN Plus? That's on the ESPN card, isn't it? Um, but either way, the uh, uh, I did get someone messaging me, and I'm going to check it right now, saying that the ESPN schedule says that this card this week, and by the way, there's a card ESPN Africa from uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. There's a fight there too. Oh, yes. My boy Sergio Martinez won today in Spain,
1: but I didn't
0: watch it. Um, oh, they did they, That's funny. They're, they're That's a good point. The the, it's wrong though. It is wrong. It does say on ESPN's site, which I'll say this: since Dan left ESPN or got you know fired, laid off, whatever you want to say, the schedule is sucked over there. They they don't keep track of it correctly and. Here's a perfect example. They got this thing on ESPN Plus, and I guess technically it does seem like fights that are on ESPN now do get streamed on ESPN Plus. The last I don't know how many fights it's been, but I have noticed that they run both, because before when it first started, like the first couple years, people were always confused. Like, dude, I have ESPN Plus. Why the hell can't I see this fight? Well, it's on normal ESPN. They're not going to charge you seven bucks for straight up ESPN and let you see anything on ESPN. However, we have seen more of that. So I think it's a dual, a simulcast. But it says ESPN Plus. I literally have already recorded it and checked out because um, I wanted it. Well, I wanted to record it. It was already recorded, actually. Because, you know, I have I have boxing recorded. Sometimes i got to delete a bunch of stuff that's getting recorded from some old fight that I don't wanna see or something like that. Not an old old fight, but just like a random show box or something. But um like some sort of random replay on ESPN or F S one a lot of times I'll be like, what? oh yeah, I don't I, I don't wanna that's not what I wanna record, but some sort of boxing thing. But I can I can guarantee it, well unless something goes wrong with the actual Know, feed or something but I literally have it recorded it's on regular ESPN as well it's after like four or five college basketball games that's actually what I I, I went on there to I actually record like the sports center after it so you know it has an hour to go over the time frame but also wanted to see what was on I wanted to record a, one of the, or two of those uh, college basketball games here so it definitely is on that okay? It is on that. So, yeah, if you want to, you know, like I said, the main event will be good, but the card, just it doesn't do much for me. So, to me, if you're not going to put something on the card that I'm interested in, like overly interested in, it's like some sort of mid-level, oh, that's a good competitive fight, you're going to probably lose me as a pay-per-view uh, 50 bucks. So, um, But it is what it is. Entertainment value is entertainment value, like I always say. If that's something that you're into, Get it, man. I mean, some people just buy everything, you know. Um, Anyway, uh, um, there was some news today. Boxing promoter Joseph DeGuardia is accused of sexual harassment from a former, I think, um, a former, was it an intern? Zagarino. Um, I think she was an intern. Uh, You know, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just reporting it. I'm not going to sit there and dive into a bunch of details because we got to see how this thing plays out. Uh, but there is some alleged stuff in there that is like a real big head scratcher. Let's put it that way. It's like, well, I shouldn't say head scratcher. It's pretty, pretty damning stuff if it if it in fact it is true. I gotta see how that goes. I gotta see where that goes. Will it be just a straight up settlement? You know.